going to continue in our study in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, but what I want you to do this morning, I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. We are still in our study of uh, the uh, full armor of God, and so as we look at the full armor of God, recognizing what the full armor of God uh, is, I will just read verse 14 that we're still on in in Ephesians chapter 6, and it says this, it says, uh, Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And so, last week we looked at the belt of truth, we looked at what the belt of truth is. Today, we're going to look at that breastplate of righteousness. And so, as we're breaking up the individual pieces of the armor of God, and as you're there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you know, we, we look at that armor of God, we look at the full armor of God, and each individual piece of the full armor armor of God is extraordinarily important as we begin to look at that and recognize what the full armor of God is and why each part of the full armor of God is extraordinarily important for us. You know, you look at the breastplate of righteousness, you look at the soldier's breastplate, and you recognize, of course, you know, that's kind of self-explanatory. It it covers the breast area, right? So it kind of wraps around the uh, shoulder of the soldier and it tucks down into his belt to uh, make it very secure but it is that uh, uh, belt uh, I mean is that breastplate that is very strong that is very firm uh, made out of a metallic uh, material and so uh, whenever uh, that arrow would come and that arrow would come that is intended uh, to pierce the soldier that breastplate would protect the soldier much like a bulletproof vest today you look at a bulletproof vest and so you know our, our policemen our soldiers they wear those bulletproof vests to protect them and so if somebody shoots them that that bullet is going to then be stopped from penetrating uh, into the uh, the body of that officer or of that soldier and so it's going to protect their life well that is the exact same purpose of the breastplate it is there to protect their life it is there for the singular purpose of protecting their life so when that arrow comes after them or that spear comes after them whatever it might be if they just so happen to miss it with their shield and that breastplate is there to literally protect their life to where if it if it does if it's not there it's going to penetrate them and it is going to kill them if that arrow hits the heart they're dead they're not going to survive they are dead right then and there right on the spot and so the word of god tells us right here to put on the breastplate of righteousness the breastplate of righteousness and so as we look at this this presents for us a problem when we begin to think about this when we begin to understand this because the bible doesn't just make it clear the bible makes it extraordinarily clear abundantly redundantly clear that we have no righteousness amen and so when we begin to think about that automatically we say "Uh oh we have a problem because we have no righteousness isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6 tells us all we like sheep have gone astray each of us have turned to our own way and so like those silly sheep We've all gone our own way. We've all prepared our own path. We've all gone our own direction. And we've gone the opposite direction of the shepherd. And so every single one of us 
have done that against God. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Which literally means that we've missed the mark of God. Amen? We've missed His mark. Every single one of us has sinned. Every single one of us have missed the mark of God. Every single one of us have fallen short of the standard of God, of the glory of God. Every single one of us have sinned. And so as we begin to look at that, the Bible also says, First John chapter 1 and verse 9, that if you say you have no sin, you're a liar, and the truth is not in you. And so if you say you have no sin, then you've sinned because you're a liar, and the truth is not in you. It goes on to tell us as well, that not only have we sin, uh, have we lied, we're calling God a liar. So not only are you sinning because you're a liar, saying that you have no sin, but you're making God out to be a liar as well, meaning that you are a blasphemer. Amen. And so therefore, you have sinned double if you say that you have no sin. The Bible is extraordinarily clear that we have sin within our life, that every single one of us have sinned. And so when we look at that and we begin to understand that none of us is righteous, Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 says, There is none righteous, no, not even one. There is none who is righteous, no, not even one who is righteous. And then we begin, begin to dive even deeper into that in Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 6. It says that our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. Our righteousness, our righteousness on our own accord, our righteousness of trying to do things our way, our own personal righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God, which presents for us a major problem. Amen? This presents for us a major problem. If we're going to put on a breastplate of righteousness, then we have to ask ourselves the very serious question, how can I put on a breastplate of righteousness if I have no righteousness? We have a major problem because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9, it tells us that, not, that uh, the righteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen? The right unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. There will be no unrighteous in heaven. There will not even be one. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. You say, well, Brother Rusty, you just told us that we're all unrighteous. And yes, we are. So this gives us a major problem, which means that we have no shield. Amen? We have no way of stopping that arrow of sin that is coming at us that's going to penetrate our heart and that is going to be a death blow to us. And when that arrow of sin penetrates our heart, it is a death blow to us because Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. And so we don't have that breastplate of righteousness that is there to protect us, that breastplate of righteousness that is there to stop that death arrow of sin coming that our way, that death arrow of sin killing us. So when that death arrow of sin is aimed our way, what do we do? What do we do? Well, the Bible says here that we're to put on the breastplate of righteousness, but as we've already established very, very clearly, we have no righteousness of our own, but we do have a solution, praise God. 
Praise God that we do have a solution. Praise God that we do have a means to righteousness. Praise God that the breastplate of righteousness is not a righteousness of our own accord, but a righteousness that has been provided to us through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Remember, I've mentioned several times that every single item within the full armor of God is a part of the person of Jesus Christ. And so therefore we have no righteousness of our own but what we have is the righteousness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that he applies to us and so here we come to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 when we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 friends it ought to make us shout for joy it ought to make us the most happy people of all of of the people of all of the earth it ought to give to us outright excitement and enthusiasm and joy it to bless us to our core when we begin to understand the implications of first second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 which says is that he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness righteousness of God in him we have no righteousness on our own accord We are not righteous. There is no one who is righteous. No, not even one. The Bible is extraordinarily clear. I could stay here all day long and give you verse after verse after verse after verse that tells us that we are unrighteous. I know a pastor that was sitting in his office one one time and somebody came in there and said, Brother Pastor, you keep preaching on how bad we are. Why don't you preach out of the Bible about how good we are? He said, show me the verse and I'll preach it. Amen? But the Bible doesn't tell us we're good. The rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, good master, Jesus said, why do you call me good? Because there's no one good but God alone. But all praise God that God allowed us to be able to have the righteousness of His Son, Jesus. He made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. And so as we look at that verse right there, who is the He? He made Him, the Bible says. Who is the He? Friends, we often overlook who the He is. And as we overlook who the He is, we we misunderstand the gravity of this text of Scripture right here. Who is the He? The He is God. But friends, not just God. He's not just a distant God. He's not just a way out there God. He is the sovereign God of the universe that has created all things, that has sustained all things. And He is Lord of Lords. That's who He is. And so since He is the sovereign God and He is King of kings and He is Lord of lords, He is Almighty God and there is none beside Him. He is ruler of all things. Friends, I want you to understand if you come into my house, if you come visit my house, I might tell you, don't go into that room and don't go into that room and don't go into that room. Why do I have the authority to do that? Because it's my house. Amen? If I go into your house, Brother Keith, you're just going to let somebody just walk up into your house, just start exploring, digging through the closets, and all of that kind of stuff, just plundering, go up in the attic, do whatever they want to do? Oh, Miss Kim will pass that. We're going to have to ask Miss Kim. But it's your house. 
And you have the right, you don't even have to let somebody in your house if you don't want that person to be in your house. You don't have to let them on your property if you don't want that individual to be on your property because it's your property. Well, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and everything therein. Everything belongs to God. He is Almighty God, not just the earth, the whole universe. Amen? Everything. Everything is His and He is sovereign God. When He told Adam not to eat of that tree, He's sovereign God. He had every bit of right to tell Adam not to eat of that tree. Adam ate against that, ate that tree anyway and so what did He do? He sinned against God. But He is sovereign God. He makes the rules. And if we break the rules, guess what? We have sinned, but not only have we sinned, we've sinned against God. It's not that we've sinned against local government. It's not that we've sinned against state government. It's not that we've sinned against the United States government. It's not even that we've sinned against the world order. We have sinned against the sovereign God of the universe. And there's great Great gravity in that when you begin to think about that. But He, God, sovereign God, made Him. Who's the Him? That's Jesus. He made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Who's the Him? The Him is the light that has come into the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. The Him is the one that is righteous and is true. The Him is the Holy One. The Him is the Ancient of Days. The Him is the One who knew no sin and became sin for you and for me. The Him is the righteous Son of God that lived out an absolutely perfect life that had no sin within Him whatsoever. He was born of a virgin. He inherited no sin. There was no lie found in Him. There was no deceit found in Him. There was no malice found in Him. There was no jealousy found in Him. Him. There was no greed found in Him. There was nothing but love found in Him. There was absolute perfect righteousness found in Him in every single way, shape, and form. That is Jesus, the righteous Son of God, who His name, the Bible tells us that His name, one of His many names, is righteous and true. Amen? Holy, holy, Holy is the Lord God, the Almighty. Friends, I want you to understand He is the personification of righteousness. He is the personification of holiness. It's not just that He has righteous and holy attributes. He is righteous and He is holy in every single way, shape, and form. Absolute righteous. Absolute holiness in every single way, shape, and form. That's who the Him is. Jesus. And He made Him who knew no sin. Knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. Now who's the our? Who, who is the our? On whose behalf? On our behalf. Well, who is the our? That's you and that's me. 
That's you and that's me that we've already firmly established that every single one of us are filthy, rotten, stinking sinners. Every single one of us, you are and I am. We have no business looking down our nose at anybody for their sin because, friends, every single one of us are sinners. You're a sinner and I am a sinner. That is the hour. And He made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. Our behalf, your behalf, my behalf. Those who are drowning in sin, that sin has come to kill and destroy. Then there's nothing good about them. Nothing. And so really we can take a look at that text of Scripture and when we take a look at that text of Scripture, what we're really finding is God the Father took the life of Jesus that was a perfect life, absolutely perfect life, and He applied it to our life, our life that was an absolutely sinful life. And then He took the life that we live, the sinful life, and then He, then he applied it to Jesus Christ. And so therefore Jesus took our sin, not that He had any sin of His own, but He took our sin and He hung upon the cross of Calvary and He died for our sin, put that sin to death, sealed it on the cross of Calvary, and then therefore God took Jesus' righteousness and He put it on our behalf. Therefore, we stand as righteous before a holy God. Not that we are righteous because we're not. But He gave to us the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Therefore, when the devil, the accuser of the brethren, comes before a holy God, he is the accuser, he is the prosecutor. He comes before a holy God, and as he comes before a holy God, he says, have you considered my servant Job? Your servant Job. Have you considered him? Look at him. The devil said, let me get a hold of him. And aren't you glad that we live in New Testament days? Now when the devil and holy God's having a conversation, have you considered Rusty Coon? All I see is the blood of my son. <laughs> Amen? All I see is the blood of my son Jesus upon his life. I don't see any sins. I don't see any wickedness. I don't see any wretchedness. I don't see any deceit found in Him whatsoever. I don't see all of the wicked things that He's done in the past. And all of the wicked things that He's done through the course of His life. I see the blood of my Son. Because I have applied His righteousness to Him. And He's put on the breastplate of righteousness. Amen? So how do we put on the breastplate of righteousness? Friends, there's only one way to put on the breastplate of righteousness. And it's obviously not by being righteous on our own accord because we have no righteousness on our own accord. It's only by putting on Jesus. And how do we put on Jesus? By placing our faith and our trust in the person of Jesus Christ. Because friends, I want you to understand as we begin to understand the Word of God, the clarity of the Word of God... 
from the moment that very first arrow of sin pierced your heart, you were dead. Dead. You were dead. Back to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 2. Tells us this. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, it says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. What do you do for a dead person? You bury them. <laughs> Nothing you can do for a dead person. They're dead. Amen? That's not the end of the story when it comes to Jesus. It says there in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air of the Spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Listen to this. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Every single one of them, all of them, dead in our transgressions and sins because we were walking with the devil and living after the lust of our own heart, chasing us. Every single one of them. Dead in those transgressions and sins. Oh, but praise God for verse 4 because it begins with but God. We can stop right there and camp out there for a long time. But God. <laughs> Amen. But me and you, we blew it. We messed it all up. But God, it says right there, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions and sin. While, you know, while we're dead in our transgressions, there's nothing you can do about it. You're dead, right? So even while we were dead in our transgressions and sins, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved and raised up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now it's been a few weeks, but I want you to, I want to remind you, what is the theme of the book of Ephesians? The theme of the book of Ephesians is that you are in Christ and He is in you. Amen? You are in Christ and He is in you. So when you put on the breastplate of righteousness, you are putting on Jesus Christ. And when you put on Jesus Christ, friend, you are righteous. In every single way, shape, and form. And how do we do that? Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, the Bible says right here, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. The reason it's not of yourself is because you're already dead, because you've already sinned, you've already blown it. Then verse 9 says, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. The dead can't do anything for themselves. Oh, but God. Amen? But God. Praise God for that. So as we look at that and we look at that text of Scripture and we begin to understand that He made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness 
of God in Him. In Him. We are in Him. Amen? He is in us and we are in Him. He is our shelter. He is our protector. He is our provider. He is our everything. And we are in Him. He is our breastplate. He is our righteousness. And so when that arrow of sin comes our way, what happens to it? It just bounces right off because it cannot penetrate the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Now, it doesn't mean that we have a license to go out and continue to sin and continue to go out and sin and continue to live in sin and lap up sin. Absolutely not. In fact, for those who truly know His grace, it ought to give us the heart to live even more righteously for Jesus Christ. To strive to honor Him, to strive to please Him, but praise God, we don't do it on our own. He's with us. He's in us. He's leading us. He's guiding us. He's saying, don't go that way. That's the way you need to go. Amen? You better watch out. You're headed the wrong direction. Why don't you head this direction? Amen? He's taking out the junk. Putting in the good stuff. And it's a lifelong process as a Christian that never stops until we stand face to face with Him. But friend, it has to start by putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Because if you don't put on the breastplate of righteousness, which is putting on Jesus Christ, then friends, I want you to understand We have no hope. We're dead. I'll tell you one more interesting truth about the breastplate. I have a brace that's made for my left leg because my foot, I can't Move my foot up and down. I have no control over that. Sometimes you see me stump my toe. Because I don't wear it. (laughs) Supposed to wear it. Supposed to help me from stumping my toe. But not all that comfortable. So I don't wear it. But when I had that brace made for my leg. They literally made a mold for my leg. They made that mold for my leg and they sent that mold off. And as they sent that mold off, they sent me that brace back. And that brace was specifically molded and designed for my leg. Wasn't designed for anybody else's leg. It was designed for my leg. Molded to form and perfectly fit around my leg. Last week, Brother Terry and Brother Randall had their uniforms on. 
If I tried to put their uniforms on, I'd look kind of ridiculous. If I could button them, I'd probably be busting the buttons in them. Amen? Now, just to give a word of encouragement for you two is that when me and Dale first got married, I wore a size 29 pants. Amen? See what you have to look forward to? (laughs) But the breastplate of the Roman soldier was molded to fit him. Wasn't molded to fit Randall. It wasn't molded to fit... Terry, my breastplate was molded to fit Rusty Coon. Specifically designed and specifically assigned for Rusty Coon. My mama's breastplate didn't do me any good. My daddy's breastplate can't do me any good. My pastor's breastplate won't do me any good. My churches and the individual church members, my Sunday school teachers and the deacons and all of the rest of them, they're not going to do me any good. I'm going to have to have my own breastplate. And how do you do that? Is by coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ by receiving the free gift of salvation by faith. Jesus, I am a sinner. And go ahead and get y'all to stand and Get the praise team to come on up here. Jesus, I am a sinner. I'm no good. There's nothing good within me. Because of my sins, I deserve condemnation. I deserve hell. I deserve your wrath, Jesus. Oh, but Lord Jesus, I'm coming to you today knowing that I have nothing to offer you and everything I have is bad. Nothing good in me whatsoever. But Jesus, I'm coming to you today because I believe that you went to the cross of Calvary and you died. You shed your blood for my sin. That when I ask you to forgive me of my sin, I know that you will. When I ask you to cover me with your righteousness, I know that you will because I've been washed by your blood. So I come here today and I ask you, Jesus, would you save me? Would you set me free of my sin? Would you come and live within me and allow me to live in you? Where you'll be my Lord and my Savior. Friend, have you ever made that decision? If you've made that decision but you've never made it public, would you make it public today? That's not going to save you the moment you ask Jesus to save you. That's what saves you. Believe by faith, but we we should make it public. Let the church know, hey, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Would you do that today? But if you're here today and you have never asked Jesus Christ to save you from your sins, 
Maybe you have, but you didn't mean it. Word's serious about you. You're still trying to hold on to the old man. Instead of letting Jesus make a new man, a new woman out of you. Today, that's all you have to do is ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Believe that his death, burial, and resurrection was sufficient to save you from your sins, to wash those sins out. And invite Jesus into your life as Savior and Lord. Are you willing to do that right now today? This invitation's open. Would you come? Any other prayer concerns? This altar's open. Anything else that you need prayer for, you come. God is dealing with your heart. You come. Me to be a sanctuary. Pure and holy. Tried and true. And with thanksgiving. I'll be. bow your heads right now as we sing. May God move exactly what He wants you to do. Would you do that right now? We're going to give you time to do that. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Pure and holy. keeps playing you're here today God is dealing with your heart God's pricking your heart you know this is a decision that you need to make friends would you come I'm not going to twist your arm and we're not going to linger much longer but friend recognize this is God speaking to you I'm not going to manipulate you from walking that, into walking down that aisle. It has to be your choice. Friend, I want to tell you what is the greatest choice that you'll ever make in your whole life. Would you come today as the praise team continues to sing and play? Would you come? Just, just a couple more times. You come. God so me to be a 